Thanks, Steve. Hi, everyone. My, my name's Jono, if we haven't met before. Uh, it's great to be here with you this afternoon. We're going to have a bit of a think about that uh, Bible passage that Steve just read to us. Uh, but I wonder, what, what is your greatest need? Uh, maybe it's just a jumper this afternoon. It's a bit chilly, isn't it? Uh, or is it money, a growing bank balance, health, a, a happy life? What, what is your greatest need? Uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention in the news lately, uh, but we're hearing that our hospital system is a little underdone. Uh, we need more funding. We need uh, more beds. Uh, the concern, I guess, is if we open up the borders and the COVID stuff sort of runs rife, will we be able to cope? Uh, and despite the, the warning lights from some of the hospitals in our state, uh, here in Queensland and in Australia, we are very much blessed with a great hospital system comparative to, to much uh, of the world. As we uh, read through the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life and his teaching, we meet in Jesus one bloke who can put all of the health practitioners out of work uh, with just a touch or with just a word, uh, he healed. And the evidence for this, it's not sort of Bunsen burners in the science lab, is it? Uh, tests repeated over and over again. But what happened with Jesus was miraculous. And so the evidence is more like the courtroom, repeated testimony. Tell us what you saw. Tell us what you heard. Well, I was healed. I couldn't walk and now I can. I was blind and now I can see. It was our son. He was healed. We'd been longing for something like this for so many years. Uh, I went to all of the doctors, one after another, after another, and they made it worse. And I thought if only I just touch him, and I did in the crowd, and I was healed immediately. We saw it happen. I saw it too. The eyewitness accounts. Now in Matthew's gospel, one of the biographies of Jesus's life, uh, Steve just read part of it for us. Way back in chapter 4 verse 24, there's this great summary statement. It reads like this, news about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralysed, and he healed them. You just imagine for a moment being there with this going on. In desperation, people bringing their loved ones to Jesus that he might heal them. No problem with the hospital system anymore. And you may know that uh, the Jews, they were waiting for a king who would come and heal, uh, give the blind sight and, and the lame that they could walk. It would be a sign of the coming of his kingdom. And as we come to this chapter 9 that Steve just read for us. If you read from the beginning of, of the account, there's been so many healings already. It might just feel like old news. 
It's there in verse 2 of your handout, if it's there in front of you. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, their trust in him, he said to the man, Take heart, son. Get up, take your mat and go home. And what's surprising in this circumstance is that is not what Jesus says. How did it really go? The, the end of verse 2, when Jesus saw their faith, he, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. With the man still lying there on his mat. This is the challenging one-liner from Jesus for us this afternoon, I reckon. Take heart, son, he says to the man, your sins are forgiven. Do you ever go to the doctor, uh, and because you know a little bit about health, uh, some of you I know are you know, some kind of health practitioners, uh, and so when you Google your symptoms, it carries more weight than when I do. But you Google your, your symptoms, and it's that self-diagnosis, isn't it? So you go to the doctor with a clear prescription in mind. Uh, I know what's wrong, I know what I need, and so I'm just here for that signature so I can get off to the chemist. But after the 40-minute wait in the waiting room, and you're in there with the, the GP finally, and the tests are happening, it isn't what you expected. Uh, usually it's not as bad as what you expected. You, you thought you had cancer. It turns out you were low in iron. It's usually not as bad as what you expected. But sometimes it's much worse. Years ago, uh, Jen and I met a family uh, when they moved to Brisbane. We were living in Brisbane at the time uh, and they had come from Sydney. And the woman uh, said that back in Sydney, uh, she thought that if she could just join uh, the local church's playgroup, then maybe, just maybe, God would heal her profoundly disabled son. She was desperate. She was exhausted from caring for him. She knew what she needed, her son to be healed. And when we met her, God hadn't healed her son. But she said to us, what happened to us was so much greater. So much greater. Now, that is a big thing to say, isn't it? She came to know Jesus, her and her whole family, and their wider family network too. And what they found in Jesus was so much greater. Forgiveness of sins, relationship with God. Now, we have all kinds of needs, don't we? And some of them we can feel so acutely. But the big one, according to the Bible... And I hope that you may recognise something of this in yourself. We have a problem with God. And it's not that he's not doing what we want him to do. That's not the problem. But it's that we haven't done what he wants us to do. Now, you and I miss the mark in relation to God. More than we can even imagine, actually. It's called sin. It's a problem of the heart, our pride, our selfishness. 
our inclination to evil. And we're pretty good at hiding it, uh, even from ourselves. But according to the Bible, sin, hidden or not, it leads to death. And not the death that we all die, but the eternal one that goes on and on and on. Yet Jesus says to this man while lying on a mat, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. He says this as he's on his way to that cross where he will die the death we deserve and win forgiveness for all those who trust in him. There's an enormous gravity to what Jesus says here, isn't there? And you noticed in verse 3, perhaps as it was read, that the magnitude of what Jesus says, it is not lost on the teachers of the law. He's blaspheming, they say to themselves. By saying your sins are forgiven, do you recognize that Jesus is actually claiming to be God? It's God alone who can forgive sins. And you can't get around claiming to be God, can you? Either he is who he says he is or he isn't. Can I trust that Jesus has the authority to forgive my sins? As you come to him this afternoon and say quietly in your own heart, perhaps for the first time, and I encourage you to do this, Lord, please forgive me for not living your way. Help me to trust and and follow you. Can you trust that he's got the authority to do it? Well, he offers proof. Verse 5, which is easier to say, he says, your sins are forgiven, or, or to say, get up and and walk. And, and we think, well, it, it's a lot easier to say your sins are forgiven, is it not? It, what's going on there is not immediately visible, except for perhaps the smile on your face. But to say, get up and walk to a paralyzed man in front of all of those people, at a deeper level, it is much harder to say your sins are forgiven. You have to be God. It's God alone who can say, you're in the clear, mates. So we could say that Jesus proves his authority to do the greater thing, forgiveness of sins, by doing the lesser thing. Isn't that what he's saying in verse 6? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he says to that paralyzed man, get up, take your mat and go home. And the man gets up and goes home. No physio required, no specialist OT necessary. The crowd sees it. They're filled with awe and they praise God who has given such authority to man, to Jesus, the God-man, fully God and fully man. Uh, You know the Christmas story, don't you? Back in chapter 1 of Matthew's biography of Jesus' life, there's an angel that appears to Joseph. And the angel says Mary's going to give birth to a son. And you're to give him the name Jesus 
because he will save his people from their sins. We have the evidence. It's clear. It's reliable. We've all missed the mark in relation to God. You have a sense of this within yourself, of your own mess and sin. And the Bible says the payment for it is death, the eternal one. Jesus takes the penalty upon himself if only we trust in him. Jesus has the authority to say these words to you. Take heart, son. Take heart, daughter. Your sins are forgiven. No matter how messed up, no matter how broken and disordered your life has become, all you need to do, say this in your heart to God. Sorry, God, please forgive me through the sacrificial death of Jesus. And please help me to live now with you as Lord, as King, as Master of my life. And you know what? Everything changes from there. Eternal life begins now and goes on forever. Restored relationship with God. Uh, in a moment, I don't know if you look, does anyone look at those sheets? I mean, I'm handing them out and people aren't paying much attention, are they? You look at your sheet. We're going to sing another song in a moment. And I know it feels awkward singing outside. It may feel awkward singing this old hymn as well, but open up the sheet. In a moment, we're going to sing this, this old hymn, and I might get the musos to come up. Uh, it is well with my soul. Uh, it was written by a bloke who suffered terribly. His life was difficult. But you see the second last paragraph, he could say this, My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, it's nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. What's your greatest need? It's not a jumper. It's not a growing bank balance. It's not even healing from paralysis. We have a problem, all of us. And we need Jesus to say, son, daughter, you're forgiven. How about we pray asking for that? Let's pray. Uh, great God, we thank you for the wind. Uh, we thank you for uh, the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life and teaching, his death and resurrection. And we thank you that he said to that, uh, that person, son, your sins are forgiven. Lord, we know there's lots of needs that we feel in this life. And we acknowledge that they matter. But the big one is broken relationship with you. And so, Lord, we say we're sorry for our sin. And we say, please now help us get on with living for you as our Lord and King. Amen.